Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Again, slurds, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 269. Uh, the 269th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast is the return of the creator corner. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the regular scheduled programming for the Cheers to Comics podcast is now in full motion once again. So that means we're back to a Creator Corner Monday, and this week we're featuring a feller that's been in the industry for 25 years. I wasn't going to come out, you know, in 2021 with, uh, you know, just anybody, just anybody. The man is Austin Janowski, and he uh, he's worked with the likes of Bob Layton. He's inked over his pencils, and um, he uh, he recently just had a Kickstarter fund, Stanley the Snowman, which we get into, and then uh, we we talk about lots of stuff. We talk about him joining Second Side Publish, Second Sight Publishing, and. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, when you have 25 years in the industry, we, we, we have plenty to talk about. Really, really, really uh, am excited for you guys to check this out. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you old school listeners out there probably know all about him. But uh, without any further rambling, I bring to you the incredible Austin Janowski. All right, Austin Janowski, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. Happy uh, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. It's uh, I'm very excited for 2021. Yes, yes, I as well. That's for sure. This is a uh, this is going to be the the first Creator Corner episode of the uh, of the new year, year three of the Cheers to Comics podcast. So, yeah, man, when you uh, you reached out, you actually reached out in a very 
humble way. You, you reached out with a Merry Christmas. And I was like, all right, what the, what the hell does this guy want? Somebody always wants something. And then I, you know, I did a little, re- I was like, oh, this guy's a comic book creator. And without even knowing, you know, you had a Kickstarter going on or anything. I already, I was, uh, I was already smelling this interview in the works. So uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that, that it all worked out. And this is, this is how we're kicking off the year, man. Well, I appreciate that very much, man. Um, I around Christmas time, I try to touch base with pretty much everyone. I know on Facebook, it's you know kind of impersonal, but I like doing messages for everyone. And I had about forty gazillion, forty over four thousand, and I did four thousand some on messages. Wish everyone Merry Christmas because, especially in twenty twenty, a little a little touching base with people means quite a bit. So I just wanted to do that, and I'm I'm glad to be here. I appreciate the invite. I'm uh, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, I it really, it, it did actually mean something that day when a stranger just out of nowhere took, takes time out of their day and a time, you know, time where we have all the excuses in the world to be selfish right now. So it, it says a lot about your character right off the bat. So I knew, I knew I was getting into something good here. So for those of you uh, listeners that don't know who Austin Janowski is, this, this gentleman has uh, over a quarter century in the industry. Um, the, the, this, this, this man has done some stuff. So let's, let's, let's start out with your origin, Austin. Um, I mean, what, at what point in time in your life, I mean, you don't, <laughs> you don't look like a very old man. So having 25 years in this industry, I would imagine you started out at a pretty young age. Uh, so when, when were comics first a part of your life, just for the sake of enjoyment? Uh, for sake of enjoyment, um, I was 15 years old. I lived in upstate New York. My family was going down to Florida to visit my aunt and uncle. And Florida's great when it's sunny and when it's rainy, there isn't really much to do. So my cousin had a bunch of comics, never really read comic books. Um, some funny ones when I was a kid, but nothing really like that. And he had X-Men 205. So I just sat down, it's raining. I went and read it and I was like, this is amazing. And he had from 205 to like think 212. And I just burned right through them just in one setting. And it was just absolutely amazing. I had never seen storytelling combined with that sort of art style, that dynamic art style, uh, capture the emotions and, and characters in such a way that I was like, this is just like a movie. This is amazing. How did you, where did I, and I just had questions. And he's like, oh, there's a comic book store. And I'm like, there's a store? What? <laughs> Uh, so since it was raining, right, he's like, well, let's, let's go down there. And my parents took us there and it's just like opening up like, Oh, mm-hmm. just comic books and stuff everywhere. And so I just, I bought from X-Men 205 to whatever I could. And I just, that was it. I just started collecting. Um, I like drawing, you know, I was drawing birds and everything. You know, my grandfather was an artist, but once I got into comic book, like that was it. I'm drawing comic books day and night and the whole nine yards all through you know high school and i just every main character for marvel and dc i ate i really got into a lot of independence elf quest was a huge uh part okay. of my growing up high school years actually i have my senior quote has elf quest in it no shit uh yeah oh yeah yeah to uh to hunt to howl and to live free uh one two <laughs> and three i think i have or something like that Oh yeah. So, so all right. So this 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 wasn't just something you dabbled in. It, I mean, you, the, the the spider bit you, and all of a sudden you had all the 
uh, everything there is to to love about the uh, the industry. I mean, you you sniffed it out right away, and that's I I, I could really relate to that. I, I can, you know, I I just got a little taste of something, and then next thing I knew, I mean, I I immersed my 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 life in, and it. it's all it's not very. Uh, <laughs> rare that you hear i picked up an old copy of x-men and the next thing you know you know that that's where it begins so it it it, it goes to say so much for that that x-men run uh because as many creator corners as i've done i could say easily 33 percent of the people i talk to say the first thing that i remember picking up was x-men whatever so and <laughs> oh man it, it just it it the the value of the picking these up and then the creators that it, that, that it spawns from then on I just I it never seems to to, to ceases to amaze me it, it, I I'm always blown away by it and it's it's such a um, often uh, occasion at the same time I don't know I I, I get a kick out of hearing that story do you remember the uh, the name of the, the your first comic book shop uh yeah it um. I don't remember the one in Orlando, but um, we had Ravenswood. That was okay. a comic book shop in Utica, New York, that we I lived in. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, uh, Janine was was the owner. She had a brother, and he had passed away right around when I first started going there. So I didn't really knew him, but I knew Janine for like forever. And like, oh yeah, Ravenswood was like the shop. Um, and then you had a comic shop. That was the name of it, and that was in uh, Syracuse, which was 45 minutes from where I lived. And that was a bigger shop than Ravenswood. Ravenswood was a you know, prototypical small comic book shop. Uh, the one in Syracuse was much larger and had graphic novels and, and pretty much all sorts of really cool stuff. Yeah. Those are the two main stores that I, I got my fixes as I was growing up. Gotcha. Um, so you you were drawn more towards uh, well I guess drawing um, initially when you said okay though this is the, uh, you, but you were drawing beforehand you said you were drawing birds you found comics and then you said screw drawing birds I'm gonna draw Wolverine instead um, did you did you ever because you're 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 multi talented and I mean that that's that says a lot because you you write comics as well is what I'm getting to so were there any uh, uh, at what point was it that you decided you were going to start writing your own stories? Let's 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 put it phrase it that way. All right. So um, when I was able to show my samples, actually not really forced, but okay, I was at a comic book show called the Make Wish Show. I wanted to be Bart Sears. He was working on Justice League Europe. I wanted a Power Girl sketch because I like boobs. I was twenty three. <laughs> Um, and when he did my head, my sketch, he just did headshot, no boobs, no nothing. And I just was kind of looking at him and looking at, looking at him and he's like, what do you, what, what's the problem? So I gave him a little crap on the fact that he didn't draw boobs. And then he saw, I had, you know, some art samples and he demanded to look at them. And, hmm. uh, I remember distinctly, he looked at them that took a second, looked at them, then passed them to Graham Nolan, who was working on Hawkworld and then passed it to Tom Lyle, who was working on Robin and it got passed right down the table. And they said nice things that if you work on these, you're going to be a comic book artist. It's like, oh, cool. Shit. Yes. So that was the first thing. Um, but as far as writing, uh, so back then, in order to really get work and find work, they had Comic Buyer's Guide. It was the big, big newspaper sort of magazine in the back. They had one ads, and you could find wanting artists and, and writers or whatever. 
And there was a, a local comic book shop called Ally Comics, and they were looking for artists, and I submitted. And I was going to work on Cosmic Force, but it fell through. But I had an idea um, for a fantasy um, story called Seventh Millennium that was based on my D&D characters. And okay. myself and Mike Walters, we both worked at Radio Shack at the time, we decided to create this four-issue storyline which we had the first issue done and it went through Dominant Capital and we got orders and we made a profit on it. And I thought, this is really neat. I'm a storyteller. And that's, that's what really went full circle. So I can do art and I could do stories. This is really neat. Um, and that's something I think I want to do. So I dabbled in it over the years. My primary thing in my career was being an inker. Okay. And I decided to be an inker because back then that was finishing the page. Colors weren't really that important in the early nineties. They didn't really come into it. Computers weren't, you know, as important as they are now. So if you wanted to really work with great stories and great artists an anchor was the way to go. And that's what I decided to do. And that's pretty much where I hang my hat for the most of the cool stuff that I worked on, like, you know, Iron Man with Bob Layton and Red Sonia and all the other stuff. Um, I will say becoming a writer, didn't really come to full fruition to about five years ago. And I'm going to show up because I can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's uh man. Um, five, five years ago. That's. Uh, so uh, what types of stories did you uh, find yourself being drawn to wanting to create? You said, you know, you did D and D and fantasy and all that stuff. But then I look at, you know, your, your current Kickstarter campaign, which, you know, I, we're definitely going to talk about the one that just recently ended, uh, and that's that's not I don't see D and D there at all. <laughs> so um, I mean, what 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 types of uh, uh, stuff did you find yourself wanting to draw draw initially or write initially? Let's put it that way. So besides the fantasy, I love superhero, um, and I wanted to make a superhero comic book. So I came up with God twenty years ago. Uh, Tan, the Antarctic Ninja. And the reason I chose that name was I have a character who could teleport anywhere that he could see or have been at. And Antarctica is the one place where no one's really been at because ninjas are, are loners and that could be his base of operation. Hmm. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to have that as a sort of character. And he had bad guys and everything. So that was kind of like my first foray into really trying to writing by myself. You know, Mike was more of the writer with the seventh millennium with the fantasy stuff than I was. So this is my first foray. And then the snit of the, my snowman book was, uh, there was Christmas time and I have three daughters and they were younger and they were complaining about their presents. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, like when we were kids, we got one big present. Like that was the tradition and traditions aren't quite as important as they were back in the day. The commercialism that's kind of taken over and we need to do a story. So I guess to answer your question, I pick uh, genres and I try to think of interesting storylines that haven't exactly been done or characters that hasn't really been done uh, the right way, not really the right way, that have done that is interesting, at least to me. I write stories that I think are inter interesting for me. And That's hopefully what you should. Too, you know what I mean? So like I have a zombie series, um, but it's not your prototypical zombie series. It's telling zombie stories before and how they became zombies through the eyes of kids. 
Um, Stanley, the main protagonist, the main hero is Jenny. She's a strong female character. Um, For Seventh Millennium, way back in the day, it was Dennis, who was just this younger sort of not the prototypical, you know, hero who just kind of comes into his own. And Tan is a guy who was privileged and had, you know, everything like, you know, origins. And he gave it up because being a superhero, his wife died on his watch and he just walked away because he has a, a daughter and he's a single dad and he has to do the right thing. So the storyline with, with Tan is taking it up from there, being forced back into the role to save his daughter. So it's an interesting tropes. Thinking of these ju- these generalities and these genres a little bit differently than what's already been written, that's what I go for for storytelling. That's the kind of books that I try to do. And it's of a wide variety of different things that I just try to, okay, for this genre, what would be interesting that hasn't really been done before? And I dive at it. So that's mm-hmm. why. I dig it, man. I dig it. And, you know, I, I think that's probably the most important thing when creating. Don't don't create what you think other people would want because no one really knows what the hell anybody wants. So create something that you think you, you want. So at least you can guarantee that one person on the planet likes it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you yeah. at least have that guarantee. And, uh, no, I, I, I think that's that, – that, it's it's a simple rule to follow by, but I think an important one as well. So it's, it it's, it says a lot, I think, about you as a creator, um, standing by that. Because nine you. times out of ten, somebody else is going to like it too. Ninety nine out of a hundred times, somebody else is going to think it's cool. So mm-hmm. um, all right, well, I, I want to talk about you inking for a second before we get uh, more into your uh, your your specific works. Um, as an inker, you know I. As many times as I've I've uh, had the, hosted these interviews, I can't recall talking to somebody that's been a professional inker on the level that you has uh, have, especially with the, you know, working with the names that you have. I mean, Bob Layton, that, that, that's huge. I mean, I'm I'm an Iron Man diehard, so uh, that's uh, um, that that that's incredible. Um, so you're you're discovered. Uh, at a con, your, your, your work's passed down uh, from um, legend to legend to legend, and they say, you got it, kid. And, you know, at, at what point are you actually working for, or how do you get into Marvel from there? Uh, I'm sure that you, you don't get a membership card at the end of the con and say, you know, you're part of the team now. I mean, how'd you get your foot in the door to become an inker? Uh, networking and, okay. and meeting people. Bob and I were at a free comic book day event, and uh, we got to chatting and he's like, we should work together because we live in the same town. I'm like, yeah, we definitely should. Sounds great. Here's my card. Yeah, here's your card. Yeah, I'll call you next week. And like nothing mm-hmm. for like six or seven months. And then we were at a small show and literally I'm walking into the main area where there's, you know, people and he's walking out and he grabbed me on the show. And says, oh, my God, dude, I'm so sorry. I lost your card. We have got to talk. What's your number? Hmm. I said, uh, it's I will write it down. So he walked back to my table and he wrote, he's like, I will call you right now. He called my phone. And so we got to meeting and he was working on a book called Iron Man, the end. And, uh, he needed help finishing it. So I came in, worked in a studio. I did inks and backgrounds for him. And that's how I worked on Iron Man with Bob Layton. It's a lot of things for getting in the door is, um, one, knowing people networking that gets you to people, to look at what you're doing, but you have to have the quality to 
show that one, you can do the type of work that they need to do, but also you need to be able to show that you can make a deadline. You know what I mean? Yes. And, um, it took a while for me to be able to show that I can make deadlines. Um, you know, having three young kids and whatnot, it was kind of tough, but I was lucky enough to, as I got older and a little bit wiser, uh, learning to making a deadline was more important than the actual perfection of the artwork itself. So that kind of helped out quite a bit. And then from there, um, just, yeah, word of mouth and then getting referred really. That's, well, uh, th that's, that's incredible, man. I mean, the fact that, uh, Bob Layton loses your card and then he's pumped to see you. Uh, what, I, do you remember your, your reaction bumping into Bob a second time seeing him? Are you thinking as you see him, you know, this fucking asshole, this guy ghosted me, uh, fuck Iron Man. And then he comes up and says, Hey, I've been looking all over for you. I mean, I mean, is, is that what, what's going through your head at this point as, as, as he's approaching you? Okay, so um, I knew that he was at the show, and so I'm like, well, I'll just come and say hi to him. I'm sure things happen. You know, he's super busy. He's Bob Layton, you know, whatever. I didn't have at really any expectations. You know, I've had in the past where I've had people talk to me, and I'm supposed to do stuff. I There was one time I was talking with Marvel editors about working on The Punisher, and then The Punisher ended up being canceled, so it never happened. It's just mm. things happen. Um, so... Literally, I got my head down and I, someone's brushing past me and someone clamps on my shoulder and I turn around and it's him. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? And he's like saying the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's whatever. It's cool. And then he's like, takes me to my table and makes me write down my number on the card to give to him. And he bring, once he pulls out his phone and starts putting the number, I'm like, what? Mm. and he calls is like okay i got it and i'm like cool all right i'm gonna text you we're gonna do lunch and i'm like okay i have bob Lee's number in my phone that's the coolest thing ever okay <laughs> and then there you go so it was super neat and i'm like i wonder if he's gonna it's kind of like you know meeting a girl and you know, like you know numbers and i'm like hopefully you know maybe i should call. i don't know and i'm like yeah so mm -hmm. yeah no nothing like yeah what a dick man oh God cannot believe it's more like you know i'm sure he meets lots of people and you know i'm sure he had every intentions of probably doing it but you know he's probably super busy and he just he honestly probably did lose my card or whatever and just things happened but he was like stoked so I'm like that was pretty neat that's that's awesome man that had to have felt incredible uh so uh, is that what kind of groomed you into becoming an anchor because you're you know your first well i can't say your first but one of your big uh, breakout gigs is you know a pencil a legendary penciler saying hey I want you to be my finisher um, and you know you just kind of thought okay well this is what I started out doing this is what I'll continue doing um, or are you, did you just uh, did you ever aspire to have your your, your name in the, the 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 front part of the billing of the book let's put it that way did you did you ever want to be the penciler the guy that got the more recognition for the work even though it's the anchor that does makes it look the best no i um it's funny writing stories starting a drawing to me is very intimidating the actual beginning of it and starting to build pages whatever i just i had such a hard i could do it but i was so slow mm. at it 
I'm like, there's no way anyone's going to hire me because I can't make any sort of deadline whatsoever. But I found um, it was cathartic to, to put the lines down and fill in blacks and everything like that. I really, I just enjoyed finishing it. Um, and I decided that I'm a much better anchor than I was so much a penciler. And I, this is what I want to do. And so when I was starting to really decide about wanting to be a comic book person, I had a friend of mine, Tom Chapman. He was one of those disgustingly talented people like who didn't have to try. He just did it. Mm. You know what I mean? And I really had to practice on the drawing aspect. Um, but it came a little bit easier to me. I could see what was started and how it would finish. It was weird. Hmm. So Tom and I kind of collaborated on stuff. And uh, when I showed my samples, it was partly my art and partly his art. And I think that's what caught their eye and helped me get in. No, I, I, I enjoyed being an anchor pretty much all the way just across the board. And I had strived to wanted to really break into the big two. That was kind of like my thing. Um, I took a longer road. I did the independent route for a while while dabbling into the bigger books until I got a little bit older. Um, my backup plan when I told my family I was going to be a comic book artist, I said, well, that's great, but you should uh, get a degree in case it just doesn't work out. So I got a degree in graphic design. And while doing comic books for 20, 22 years, I was in advertising and graphics. I worked for Disney and I worked for Universal. I was lucky to work for Warner Brothers and NASCAR and I was a... So my backup plan turned into actually somewhat of a career because um, I was a, ended up being a creative director for a couple of agencies and then I semi-retired about five years ago. Huh. So yeah. Let's... Having three kids, insurance and everything was very important. So I needed to have that stability. My youngest daughter has spina bifida. It's a um, genetic defect with her spine. Mm -hmm. So having insurance was really important. So that's kind of why doing tons of comic book work, you're not really going to see me do that because most of my time was luckily working for these bigger companies. But um I enjoyed inking more than anything because finishing a page and working with other really great artists that I was actually really big fans of was a huge thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I could imagine. Uh, I mean, that's at that point you're essentially kind of doing it as a hobby. If you're if you're you know paying the bills, you know, working for Disney and NASCAR, and then oh, you know, by the way, I'm gonna throw some inks over some. Bob Layton, Iron Man. I mean, to me, that's that that that's a dream. Not having to worry about the money that doesn't come with comics, because there's there's no money in comics, man. Uh, you, you you do comics because you love comics, and your your story just proves that point all the more. I mean, it's ah uh, man, I I love stories like this. I really do. Um, and now uh, I. I uh, let's uh, let, let's talk about some of the stuff that you've done now. Um, you, yeah. You've uh, you, let, let's talk about Divine Retribution now. Okay. Uh, this is something. Now, is this still coming out with Second Sight? Because I know a lot of books uh, with Second Sight are kind of all over the place right now. Yeah. Oh, it is. Um, I think it'll be in previews in March. That's awesome. Uh, the origin story, and then 
we're going to figure out what a good starting date would be because it's a five issue mini series and then we'll figure out when we're going to launch all that right on. But yeah it's coming out through second sight yeah, no, and that's got to be exciting being one of the first books out out of a, a brand new publisher. And this publisher, you know, they've Bradley's worked his ass off to get into previews, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing Second Sight and previews for the first time. That's for sure. And uh, Divine Retribution as well. Uh, I mean, so uh, what, what's this about? I mean, just based off of the title, I could say, all right, this this sounds like a little fantasy. It is. It's a little fantasy. It's about Christine, who is a guardian angel who after years of seeing her um, charges get slaughtered and gets swallowed up by the growing evil over the centuries, decides to break her one rule, direct contact with humans. And the series is, deals with the consequences of those actions. Hmm. All right. No, I, man, this, <laughs> I, uh, I, was, I was looking at the, uh, the, the previews for it and the, the art is spot on. So, I mean, how I, I asked this with all of my uh, multi-talented creators that you know have worked in art and then go on to write uh, and essentially direct another artist. How, how, how is that for you? Is that uh, do you let them do their thing or do you kind of have that artistic eye that you have to to you know put in there as well as far as you know the uh the the direction uh, what, what what type of uh writer are you when you're directing another artist so when i write stories and i'm i'm going to be talking or working or picking artists i try to find one whose art style sort of fits the the, the flavor of what the story is going to be like and then when we get to talking um it's a collaboration of creating these characters and they have their input into what it's all going to be so this way they have their they can put some energy into it and then when it comes to actual storyline unless i have something specific that i want the pages to look like it's it's up to the artists they can do the layouts and if i want to make tweets it's fine but i want to give them the freedom to be artistically invested in the story themselves and just do what they want to do to have fun with it um, i try not to be constraining with what i and writing and what the artwork is doing um, because that's just not fun. It's more like work. You don't want really to be work as comics are supposed to be fun and enjoyable. But that goes back to if you like their art style, you know that whatever they're going to draw is going to fit the, the flavor of what your story is going to be. So that kind of helps from the very beginning. No, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because I ask these questions more so for uh, aspiring creators out there that are listening because these are, these are important things to, to look for when, you're, when you are seeking out your, your, your artist, you know, these, these types of qualities. Um, and, you know, if, if you're, uh, <laughs> if you're you, you have an artist that is having fun with it, then the book will just be better. That, that's all there is to it. And, you know, by, by putting them in a box, it, it's, it, it's no fun at all. I, I, I can say that I, as somebody that tried to dabble in creating uh, a comic on the art side and having the writer have me so constricted, I just, like, this isn't fun. Like, I, I, I love drawing. I love comics. Why does this suck? And then I realized... You know, oh shit! You mean there's writers out there that don't, <laughs> that that aren't slave drivers? Oh shit! I didn't, I didn't realize this. Comics can be fun to be, uh, you know, uh, to make. So um, yeah, I'm, 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 
I'm glad you brought that up because that that really is uh that that's important as a uh, as a writer. And uh, like I said, it's got to be difficult as somebody that you know knows the thing. It's one thing when a writer's like, I can't draw a stick figure, but I can yeah. create a you know a, a fantasy world that can go on for 85 issues. Um, they they have no place to you know essentially say, well that shouldn't you know be like that. But uh, I don't know. It's I, I have such i said it a few times now during this show um i I have such respect for multi-talented comic book creators because on just the beyond just the talent the uh the patience it takes um you know knowing both sides of the uh um the equation i guess so uh kudos to you there man i will say that i it's it's funny when i i did work for both disney universal and working for both of them was was two completely different ends of the spectrum disney is fantastic and they have amazing ips and whatever but their brand standards are so ironclad it's literally working inside a small box okay you can be creative inside the small little box Mm. and deviate too much from that so that was very constraining and tough to do being creative but being forced to be in this tiny little box was tough. Whereas Universal was throw it against the wall, man. See if it, you know, it sticks. This is great. Because when I was working, doing work for them, it's when Islands of Adventure was getting launched. You know what I mean? They were just starting to put the bar- the park and everything together. So it was a it was tale of two halves. So when I do my creative and writing and picking art teams and doing books, I try to go somewhere kind of in the middle. Um, gauging on the artwork artists too, you know what I mean? Some artists are like, and they can just go off, off and you just got to reel them in some, some of them are like, it's okay. You can, you can stretch out a little bit more. It's okay. It's all the individual and you just got to know the difference between the two and get the best out of them, whatever they're most comfortable with and getting whatever you need to get done. That's, that's, that's the, um, the threshold that you want to be. And, working for these bigger companies and such the dollars that went into these projects that I worked on, that's, I think helped me now creating these books and having a better understanding. I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm incredible, man. That's, that, that, that's awesome. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. It, it really, do, I mean, it's kind of obvious, you know, you work for both sides and you're going to learn both sides, but you know, at the same time, it's, uh, incredibly valuable to put yourself through that that gauntlet as well uh mentally um uh, yeah and uh, obviously this is uh, not every comic book creator out there is going to go out and get a job with disney and then go get a job with universal but oh yeah (laughs) um it's uh uh, man what what you've put yourself through to become uh, a, a creator in the sense that you are now is it really is incredible to me so um yeah uh let's uh let's let's talk about your latest thing man let's talk about stanley the snowman the kickstarter okay. that just funded um yes. the all ages holiday story uh yep. tell us all about it austin all right so stay on the snowman uh it's an all age holiday story uh, and it is about Jenny, who is one person in a generation who is able to bring Stanley to life. And she does it through faith, family, love, and a little bit of magic. And um, obviously, issue number one is all about Osh- Operation Stanley the Awakening. And um, the storyline deals with 
traditions and the commercialism of the holiday season. It is about how Jenny and her family win a trip to go down to Florida State to timeshare and leave Stanley behind a few days before Christmas. And after seeing a commercial for the Florida snowman, he decides that, well, the TV says that it has to be true. Snowmen are in Florida. I'm going to go down and spend Christmas with my family. And he is chased by a Sal's Weatherby local weatherman trying to get the big story so he can be on the Today Show. And he's held by uh, Charlie, the ice cream vendor. It is a type of story that, that Sony Pictures would put out. It is for all ages. It is for people that love a nice, strong female protagonist. And uh, it's a lot of goofy fun. That's and sounds like a lot of fun, man. And the, the the first thing that you touched on was definitely the thing that caught my interest the most, because I'm always the guy during the holiday season. I love the holidays, but the commercialism of it all nauseates the hell out of me. So uh, for for you to actually bring that to light in a uh, in an all ages book, um, not only I mean do I get a kick out of that, but I respect that, and at the same time, uh, I, I I thank you for that. You know, instill it in these kids' minds early that it's not all about the shit. It's not, <laughs> and uh, the, yeah. the, the the spending and the, uh, the creating. We everyone says you know the holidays the, the the most stressful time of the year. Yeah, because we fucking make it that way. You know <laughs> that, that that is our choice. You know December doesn't just put us in this. Oh, it's December. It's automatically got to be stressful. No, no. You you can take that away by. I mean, we're with very obvious solutions and um, for for you to actually in, instill that into um, a, a book like this, I I find fascinating and um, important. It's it's an important move, uh, I, I, and I I really thank you as somebody that has two little girls. Um, I I'm 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 excited for them to <laughs> to get the start them out early. Let them know what the hell it's all about. I mean, they already hear me preaching all the time, but uh, for them to hear it coming from somebody other than dad, they might actually think it's the truth. So, uh, <laughs> um, my my dad was born on Christmas, so oh we, yeah, you know we. It was a big deal growing up, not only his birthday, but, you know, we had Christmas Eve, we had uh, neighbors come and we did a, a not a block party thing, but, you know, family sort of would come for the visit and we opened up one present on Christmas Eve. We couldn't, it just, it was a big deal. And it's interesting, 2020 has taught us to appreciate um, human contact and I think Family traditions really came back into play a lot more so than buying things because financially a lot of people were in dire straits. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so they weren't able to buy all these presents, only a couple of presents. It was more important to see your family than buying presents. Um, and I'm hoping that it will continue um, once we get past all this craziness. So I know for us, our family, we we're very happy to have, you know, in-laws come down and actually spend time together and do some family traditions. Our big thing in our family, I don't know about you, we make uh, my grandmother's sugar cookies on Christmas Day. That's that's our big tradition. So it was nice to be able to do that because we weren't sure we are going to be able to this year. So, um, and I'm excited that your daughters are going to be able to read this and enjoy it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I, actually, sugar cookies are the tradition with us too. Um, I, I I get a kick out of uh, cleaning up that mess, man. It's so it's so worth it. Uh, I, I <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's 
th th this book is really exciting. And this is coming from somebody that's been saying it since I've known how to say it. You know, uh, I am not a fan of the manga style. I'm not. Uh, and this is pitched as a, a, a manga book. Am I right there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I go through and I look at the previews, and I don't feel that, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't mean, I, don't know if, I don't mean for that to take away from the fact that it's supposed to be a manga type of book. My, the point of me making that statement is, is I look past um, the, the, that because it, I, I automatically feel something coming from this. You know, I, I could look, set aside my differences uh, with what I normally would you know, be demagnetized from and uh, still manage to enjoy it. And, you know, that that really says a lot because anybody that knows me knows that usually when it comes to manga, I'm not just like, eh, I, I get all like super nerd, like, nye, 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 manga. Nye. <laughs> I'm the worst when it comes to that. I really am. And I, I don't, I don't feel that with this, man. And this is part of the reason why I... I I, I, I was still, you know, super excited to bring you on and talk about it uh, because it's for anybody out there that may feel the same way that I do. Uh, you, you uh, listen to me. Don't be deterred. It is not that at all. And I, I, yeah, I still sense the the manga. I'm not saying no. It's not manga. You can't call this manga. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I'm just I, immediately. I. I the, the, the pages, the character designs, the colors, the colors are so vibrant. I'm a sucker for vibrant colors done right. Um, I, I, I think that the colors are way too often overlooked, um, and there's very few, yeah. Uh, and that's the other thing is manga isn't typically colored, so that definitely threw, <laughs> I mean, grabbed my eye for sure. But um, no, the, visually, this, this, this book grabs me as well on top of the... Uh, the, the the tones of the story as well. I, I I really think that you have a massive hit on your hands here, man. I this could go down as a classic comic Christmas story once it's in everybody's hands and they have it. And um, I I, I think I, I really think you have something here, man. Oh wow, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. That's uh, that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping for is is the people that would want to read this every Christmas season. I mean, that's that was kind of like my my hope and my goal. Um, no, color isn't normally done with 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 manga. Now I don't know a whole lot about manga. My stepson knows everything about okay. manga. Uh, so when I decided that that's the kind of art style I wanted to do, I go that's but there's a lot of different ones. So he had to educate me. There's like. 45 different types of manga art styles. Oh, see, I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> um, and this is like K-Pow or K-Po or something like that type of art style. Okay. Um, which isn't exactly traditional manga. It's a little more anime than manga. Um, and then the colors is more of an animated color palette. So... That's why it's it's manga anime, but not really manga anime because the color palettes and the way it's colored isn't exactly like that. It's more Pokemon yes. art, art, you know what I mean? Yes. That's kind of yeah. what I was going for. It's the Pokemon art style. That's like that's the kind of art that I'm looking for. And the cute that's, that's what it is, man. Uh that's yeah. the 
I finally have made the connection because Pokemon was one of the few. I was like, hey, this is this is pretty cool, but I like the color palette. I, I think that's what drew me to it immediately was the color palette. And yep. uh, yeah, no, nailed it, man. Is this uh, this is all you? Uh, you're, you're, you're writing and art, both sides, right? No, no, sir. No, I'm just writing this. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. So uh, Juan Pablo Monte, Montanero, um, he's the one who's doing the, the line art. Nice. And then Don, Don Strada is doing the colors. I love it. Somebody else to follow. Yep. Yeah. And they are super talented and super nice. I, when I was – it's funny. I was just – trying to learn the whole art form i just posted hey i've got the story i'm looking for some artists if you want to show samples and then one texted me he goes i love this story idea i would love to try out for it what do i need to do so i told him and he he did um that which turned into one of the covers of stanley and jenny you know with the house behind him and he just he crushed it he just i'm like this is exactly what i'm looking for this is amazing He's like, well, thank you. And he teaches art, but he hasn't really done a lot of comic book stuff. I'm like, well, that's cool. I like collaborating with with you know the next the next generation of artists. This is amazing. And then Dan, I've known Dan. He does art and colors, but he does a lot more colors. He did great colors on it, and he's so he's on board too. And yeah, so no, I can't take credit. I'm just writing it. They they're bringing the the amazing art to life for me. That's 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 incredible, man. Um, and it's isn't it nice just finding the artist first try, not having to tell somebody no. I mean, that's just makes life so much easier. <laughs> yeah, I we had a bunch of people that that submitted, and they're very nice. They just weren't exactly the art style. And I said we're not probably going to use it for the series, but um, I would love pinups and stuff. We'll talk about maybe doing a pinup to put in the back of the book and everything too. Something a little bit different. And they said, that's great. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to use you. I'm going to say, no, we can't use you right now, but I'd like to maybe use you for something else or maybe a pinup or something down the road. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, a very cover stretch goal. I mean, art, yeah. it, it never hurts to have artists on the bench. <laughs> that's no, for sure. I'm in, I'm in the point of doing this over God, 26 years. I love collaborating. I like working with, writers and artists and different people that's why i did my zombie series because it's a lot of really interesting indie creators writers and artists both new old whatever i just like the collaborating aspect of of working with people that's why again circling back to being inker i like being inker because i could work with the writer and with the penciler you know what i mean it's really it's just that's my thing that's that's awesome man and i, I that's wise too. That's a wise career move, you know, being able to put yourself in a, a three-point position, you know, being able to be versatile because you know, doing even if it's your dream job, doing it 25 years, I, I would imagine it gets stagnant if you were just an inker. And that's it. Um I, I, I after 10 years, I would bet that would get boring even if it was all of your 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 favorite stuff. Um so like I said, being able to to jump around and to, to be as versatile as you are, it, it's it's assets to a uh, well uh, a long career. That's for sure. That's for sure. A long, enjoyable career. Let's put it that way. 
Um, I, man, I, I really can't stress enough how much I admire what, you, what you've put yourself through in this industry. <laughs> this is incredible. Well, I will tell you, man, I, I have made mistakes. I have misstepped. I have made poor decisions. And that has kept me from some good opportunities and whatever. But I've hopefully learned from those things and have been a better creator um, artists and everything and person because of that. And I think doing what I've done has gotten me to the place now where I enjoy working on comic books again. It's, it's tough, man. I mean, you love, you love to do something and when it becomes a job, that's, that's really hard. I mean, kudos to everyone that's able to continually doing like the penciling, like Nick Bradford is just amazing. He's just, he continues to just, destroy and do amazing artwork for over i don't know how many years and mm. jay leeson is an amazing anchor and he's been doing it for absolutely forever you know kudos to them for being able to do so i i like to 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 do different things and that just falls back on as working in the advertising creative field i did a lot of different hats i was lucky enough to work on these really big companies because not only did I understand computers and the computer graphics and programs, but I could illustrate and I could draw too. So I was a hybrid and it made it more versatile for me to be too. So it only made sense when working at comic books to understand and be able to do in some capacity, all aspects of making the comic book from writing to coloring, to lettering, to um, inking, to whatever. Um, I've been able to do one or more in a lot of different books and different genres and being able to work on different projects is very interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, I could only imagine, man, I could only imagine what, what you've experienced. Um, and you know, I, it's not very often I get somebody with your, uh, with, with, with your type of, um, uh, I, I guess length of career on this show. So I, I'm going to use this opportunity and take advantage and, you know, you you had to have been to, uh, I don't know, an infinite amount of conventions and everything now. And we all know that the conventions are where the fun shit happens. Actually, after the conventions are where the fun shit happens with creators. Um, could could you, you, you grace us and myself with uh, um, one of your favorite convention stories, you know, just, I, I don't know, man, there's gotta be a hundred of them, but. Sure, I, I'll, uh, I'll tell you my most recent one. It actually happened in um, C2E2 uh, this past February. Oh, the only convention of 2020. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were meeting a friend of mine, Connie. She was actually her first year setting up at a table. She was very excited. So we were meeting her for lunches. There's a bunch of different creators. So we were talking and they're, they're two to four or five years into the industry and they're showing samples and whatnot. And I'm like, love to look at them. So they're showing me things like that. And all of a sudden I see Chris Claremont walking down the hallway. <laughs> I'm lucky enough to say that Chris and I are friendly. We chat on, you know, on online, we talk at conventions, whatever. Um, so one was kind of, talking about, well, are you really, you know, who am I to question his art? Cause I was giving him some tidbits on his art style. His paneling was off and he's like, well, who are you to tell me about this? And Chris kind of came over and they kind of all just like, shh, like, <laughs> nothing. 
say, hey, Chris. He comes over, hey, Austin. I'm like, so we shook hands, whatever. So what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm just looking at the next generation of comic book creators. They're showing some, there's some really some neat stuff. It's really great. So how are you doing? Oh, it's good. show's good. I'm like, yeah, are you going to lunch or dinner? And I'm like, yeah, no, cool. It's like, are you, have you eaten? I'm like, yeah, I just actually, we just ate. He goes, well, I'll come by and I'll, I'll say hi to you. I'll, we'll chat for a few minutes when you go to the food. He's like, oh. He's like, all right. He goes, yeah, it's some neat stuff. It's good seeing you. Yeah, stop by the table tomorrow. We'll chat. I'm like, cool. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Bye. <laughs> so I turn back and the guy's like, dude, he's the reason why I got into comic books. Yeah. You know, Chris? I'm like, yeah, we're, we're friendly. Yeah, we're, we know people. <laughs> so I don't know why. Yeah. Huge creds. That was kind of funny. But... <laughs> I remember being that guy. I remember I met uh, J.N. DeMattis at Toronto in the, back in 1994. And uh, I was friends with uh, Joe Staten. He, you know, we did shows together. He's like, you should go talk to him. Because he was doing uh, Dr. Fate at the time. And it was my favorite character. Hmm. So I walked over and I had a Batman sketch that Joe Pencil Knight inked. I waited in line. And I'm like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, Hey, how's it going? And I set it down. I'm like, and I just blanked. Couldn't say anything. For like two minutes. She's sitting, he's like, nice round. I'm like, thanks. Bye. And I just turned and left. Oh, oh. so mortified. Oh my God. He's like, how'd it go? I'm like, I blew it. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, it's, 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 it's funny because, uh, you know, uh, if you were to flip the situation, put a, a a jock in the uh, I'm gonna use that term just jock uh, stereotypically, and um, the, the 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 shoes of you at that time, uh, and then it, it, instead you know on the other end of the table it's the uh, it's it's the hot lifeguard, um, yeah. I, you know it's, it's the same type of situation. You go up and like yeah hey, go talk to her man oh yeah no I got this and then you go up and you just you freeze and then you walk away. I mean that just goes to show, uh, I mean. That, that's that's something that everybody will ex- I mean everybody in the world has the chance to experience going up and re- uh, rejection from the uh, the the you know the, the next prospect but as a, a comic book creator you go up there and you know yeah I, I don't know I, I find that, that that story hilarious you know you go up there and you, you freeze just like it were the like I said the, the hot girl at prom at you're asking to dance no you all you're trying to do is show them a drawing. And it, it, to me, what it says is that comics are just as important as love is what I'm getting there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's the, the, the point of that whole ramble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have you have such an emotional attachment. There's so many there's love, there's there's passion, there's everything that's attached to this piece of paper and everything that it represents because of what this person did you inspired me to create this thing on the piece of paper. And I wanted to tell you that can't you see my piece of paper, even though I'm staring at you like a crazy person. Oh my God, this is horrible. I want just say anything. All right. Oh, just, Oh my God. Bye. Really? That's what you, and that's just, it's horrible. And it's just so funny. So like whenever I see people at shows, even if they're looking, I'm like, I just say, Hey, how's it going? And they just kind of look like, look, you don't have to buy anything. I'm more here just to chat with people. If they right. want to buy something, that's a that's a bonus. I'm like, how's the show? Oh, it's good. Awesome. Who'd you come to see? And we just start chatting. And that's basically it. And then if they, they want to know something about my, my stuff, I tell them about my stuff. And then I got to go from there. I'm not a good salesperson when it comes <laughs> to whatever. There are people, 
like um, Alfred Page, which is on, which is at second sight, and he's got the a bow chest and blowtorch. Mm. Dude, he could sell water to like mermaids. It was amazing. <laughs> we did this one day show in Orlando, and he was just he had a pitch like, "Hey, which cover of these do you like? You know, let me talk to you about it." And he's like, I like this one. Cool. He picks it up. He said, "This is the one you like." And he does his two seconds. He he was selling like everything. I'm like, I can't do that. It's just it's, just, it's crazy. Some people are able to talk, and some people are not. Um, but that's why I try to make everyone as comfortable as I can when they come. And just even if they're walking by, I'm like, hey, so proud of you for making it this far, or something goofy like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of break the ice because if, if you're an artist, you're intimidating. And then I like if someone is an artist but hasn't shown anything and i'm like really you came to my table you have art stuff but you didn't think i was cool enough to show me i am so hurt no it's nothing like that no it's okay don't worry about it i'm not worthy you want to see cool people it's fine and make a joke out of it you just make it's i wish he kind of did that he just he was i think he was in i think jay was enjoying the fact that i was squirming and nothing was going on either that he just he didn't know if I was going to freak out or something. I think <laughs> with him, it might have gone either way. It's just, oh, it's funny. I got so many different stories. My biggest kick with shows is meeting people and inspiring them to get into the industry, and they become more popular and more successful than me. To me, that's that's a big feather in my cap. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I... I... I could only imagine how that feels, man. It's it's uh, close to the equivalent of you know the the father you know watching the kid grow up to succeed them, you know. I mean, uh, or surpass them, you know. It's it, it, knowing that you had some sort of part in the uh, and their success, no, no matter how big or small that part is. It's there's still that sense of man, I did that, you know. I. I, I, I helped create that art in some way, shape, or form, no matter how distant it is. I mean, you were a part of art continuing to be a thing. And uh, that's that's important, especially as the guy that is really, you know, I'm going to go ahead and use the, the, the metaphor again. I mean, you're the hot girl that comes up and asks the, the, the dude to dance at the dance. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're, 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 you're the icebreaker. You're, you just... As soon as that happens, I mean, it's you just feel comfortable, and then all of a sudden, yeah, okay, no, I don't have to worry about the hard part, the the hello, you know, and then yeah, it's that that right there, uh, in itself is, I guess, amplifying the 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 potential for new artists to develop. It, It really is. So just your your presence at cons and the way that you do things in that sense, um, continues. To help grow and inspire this this uh, this industry, and uh, man, I <laughs> that's I'm I'm really loving this, man. In case you can't tell, I fucking love comics. This is uh this <laughs> is, <laughs> um, in any way, shape, or form that I I, I watch it grow. Um, it's ah, I I love it so much. I really do. So knowing that you're doing what you do and uh, have done what you've done, I I'm beyond admiration i don't have a word beyond that it's uh uh, thank you i guess (laughs) um i appreciate you thank you oh well yeah uh i i guess you're welcome i don't know (laughs) oh (laughs) um so you know 
I, I, I do these things towards the end of my interviews. They're like little rapid fire questions. Um, sure. Some people take them more seriously than others. They're, they're white bed questions. At this point, I'm sure you've been asked them all a kajillion times. Um, but at the same time, I, I still continue to ask them because I do find some sort of value uh, in the answers as to, you know, essentially getting to know the creator just a, a little bit more, where your headspace is in the industry. So uh, if you don't mind, I got just a few rapid fire questions for you before we wrap this up. Definitely. I'm all for it. Hold on. Wait. Now I'm ready. Let's do it. Right on, man. Um, hey, what was the last comic that you read? Goodness. Uh, last comic that I read oh jesus i read like 12 of them like, Jesus. <laughs> um oh uh uh strangers in paradise the latest uh, issue oh nice right yeah. on how is that oh it's well i mean terry moore is like one of my absolute favorite creators of all time awesome. i've bought everything he's actually wore. he's he's amazing strangers in paradise and all the other subsequent different stories he's now wrapped together is just fantastic Right. He hasn't me. So, so you, are, are you still a Wednesday warrior then? Do you still have a pull list? No, I don't have a pull list just because it's, I'm so busy with everything going on. I don't have time to go every single Wednesday. Like I like I would want to. Oh, I, um, that's totally understandable, man. No judgment, no judgment at all, but mm-hmm. you still read current comics, which is important. I do. Yeah, I do. Awesome, man. Um, well, the, the, the question of questions, who's the, the best, uh, I don't want to say superhero, I want to say protagonist. Who's the best protagonist in all of comics? Interesting. Well, I mean, the easy answer would probably be Batman, but... <laughs> um, take a second to think about this, protagonist. Yeah, it usually is a curveball when I you know, replace superhero yeah. with uh, protagonist because that, that opens it up even more because then yeah. you could start playing with independent comics and stuff. And... Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um, man. Yeah, I guess I said these were easy questions, but lately it no, has they, been more well, and more yeah, difficult for, just, for people to answer these, which I admire. Kind of, I like that. Yeah, I think it just kind of floods in. <laughs> um yeah i'll i'll go with that that was my first answer i'll go with batman right on and that's that's, that's a perfectly company. fine answer i think that's a yeah. great answer i mean there's yeah. 80 years come on can't suck after 80 years no um so i mean opposite side of the spectrum now who's the uh who's the best uh villain in all of comics who's your favorite shithead oh um Oh, geez, all of comic books. God, that's just so hard. I know. Lex Luthor is my favorite. Lex Luthor is a great answer, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I've actually been finding myself being drawn more and more towards Lex Luthor myself lately. Uh, Snyder's most recent run, all this perpetuous stuff, and um, yeah, no, nah, Apex Lex. Come on. Lex has been the, the, the shit lately, and now I'm yeah. starting to, to find myself being drawn yeah uh, towards his his older stories stuff that i wouldn't normally get into because honestly i'm not a superman fan i was never a fan of you know superman really and what so it's harder for me to find those lex stories but whew yeah is lex is the shit i'm not i'm I'm with you on that one and then uh uh who is your favorite character to lay inks over who's your favorite character to create and draw 
Oh, if it's not my own? If it's not your own. Yeah, it's got to be Iron Man. Iron oh. Man's just so cool. See, and it's a challenge for me because I'm a brush inker by trade. And uh-huh. it, with that, you have to use a quill. So it's, it's you know, I can do it, but it's a little bit tougher. It's just, you can, you can make it, him as simplistic or as um, intricate as you want, depending on the armor, shading, you know, shine, shadow, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... There's all these different layers of uh, and ways of inking Iron Man, which is very cool. And the subsequent, there's so many different types of armor that you can ink too, which is also very. Cool. See, that leads me to a follow-up question. Then, uh, what what's your favorite armor to draw? So I I like um, I like his original because it's pretty pretty standard. But the Hulk Buster is my absolute favorite. Yeah. Oh man, Dude, I... it's badass. Yeah. No, it's. Oh, man, see, I I have yet to to come across an Iron Man armor that I'm not a fan of. But yeah, no, the the Hulk Buster's undeniable. But yeah, I go right back to the original myself, man. That that what was it Mark Three? Because it was the silver and then the like the gold and then Mark Three was pretty much like the one that stuck for. Right. Yeah. The the red and yellow. Yeah. And yellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's my shit. Uh, it's so cool, man. I, I I gotta talk to somebody that inked fucking Iron Man. This is this is, whew, This is a way to start out the year. Um, I'm. Uh, you may have already made my year, sir. Uh, it hasn't even really started yet. Um, I, I I this is, this has been an absolute pleasure, Austin. I I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, not only for your time and, you know, c- coming on the show, uh, but you just. What you've done for your in, uh, what this industry, the, your generosity towards future creators, um, I, just everything, everything that you've touched with everything that I love. I mean, it's just, it's I I can't thank you enough, and uh, I I I just want to see this continue on, man. I mean, uh, can I ask you, uh, what, what do you got any irons in the fire now? Or are you just kind of taking your taking a breath after uh, after Stanley? Oh no, so. Um, we're going to do volumes three and four for zombies were human too. Nice. And, uh, we've got a, uh, a card game coming out with, in conjunction with it. <laughs> wow. And, uh, we, we've got divine, we've got Stanley. There's another company called terraform comics. They're really new. They're independent. They're going to be publishing, um, a comic book called Dawn of the dead. It's a prequel comic based on a web series I acted in called uh, Dawn and the Dead. And I played Dr. Gerald Scott in the web series. Nice. They asked me to do a prequel comic. So they're going to be publishing that. And then I think we're going to revamp and redo 7th Millennium. So I've been talking with Mike for about seven months. And I think we're going to do a pitch together and see about putting something else out. And then on top of that, uh, Carl Moline, if you don't know who Carl is, he worked for DC and he worked for CrossGen he, and uh, Dark Horse. Uh, Mr. Carl and myself are going to have a really neat uh, Batman in the, their, the Batman world, uh, a nice Batman pitch for oh. DC time later next, this, in 2021. No so. shit. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. What's that? So we will see what happens with that. I'm I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited for that. 
uh, Batman is going to be all that people are talking about in 2021 as well with this whole future state thing. I mean, I it's, it's going to be a big deal no matter how, you know, it, if it's a bust, it's going to be a huge deal. If it's huge, it's going to be a huge deal. So in the DC setting, they're setting Batman up um to have all of the eyes on him so i'm uh i'm excited for you man i am this pitch goes through and then everybody's gonna i mean it's already the the biggest selling title in all the comics so yeah oh man so excited you ain't stopping 26 years you're not bored man you still got all of the uh all the energy and enthusiasm to go big i love it oh no yeah no i'm i've i've it's funny this past year i kind of re researched myself it's it's crazy. Um, when March stopped, um, one of the things one one of the industries I I work in, the film industry, just shut down completely. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that happened, like within like the week, like March, Scout decided to sign Stanley, and then uh, Second Sight soon after with Divine, and then Dawn of the Dead, and then just you know comic books blew up and I keep saying every year, Oh, it's my last year. Ah, you know, I don't think there's much else going on. And then mm-hmm. I'm always pleasantly surprised when something cool happens. And now I have all of 2021 blocked out comic book stuff wise. I am busy booked for until December of next year. That's gotta feel great. Such man. A blessing. Oh, it's insane. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's so awesome. Yeah. That, I, shit. You're going to scoot, huh? Yes, I am. Oh, that's I, I'm so excited! Oh, see, I thought I can go one podcast without uh, <laughs> blowing up Scout, man. I, I I love Scout. I think they're the the publisher of the year. Everything they do is absolutely incredible, and for them to do this Scoot thing, um, oh, Stanley's gonna be a Scoot. This is I I love this. I absolutely love this. Um, oh. I, I've gone on and on about Scout and Scoot, so the listeners, if they've listened to, I don't know, any of the last 45 episodes, I've uh, <laughs> I've talked all about Scout, so I don't need to go on that rant right now. But uh, to me, that's that's the level of uh, the standard of quality that I look for now. If you can make it over to Scout, you're you you've you're, you're the shit. You're the next big thing coming. I, I, I that's just how I look at Scout. Uh, so, oh man, even more excited for you. Scout has has their eyes on you. That's that's. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you, thank you, sir. Um, Austin, I've taken up enough of your time. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I I I hope we could do this again sometime. This is this has been a lot of fun, and I know that you have uh, plenty more to talk about, man. I. Uh, <laughs> A man like yourself in the industry, as long as you have been, it's. I can only imagine the the, the stories you have to tell. So uh, I I want to congratulate you on the success of everything, uh, Stanley, the 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 snowman. This is beautiful stuff. Uh, Divine Rep- Retribution, getting on the second site, getting into previews. Yeah, this is. Exciting times, exciting times. So, Austin, I uh, I thank you again, sir. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, happy to be on anytime you'll have me. And uh, I am uh, very excited for 2021. Thanks so much for, for letting me ramble for a little while. I appreciate it. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Um, 
you stay safe out there, man. We will be in touch. Sounds good. You do the same, man. Stay safe. Yes, sir. Cheers. Cheers. Well, there you have it, Slurds. Another episode in the books. Another creator has been cornered. Austin Janowski. 25-plus years in the industry, and uh, I, just, <laughs> I look forward to many more conversations with this fella. I, I, I really do. I, the, the stories are great, and... Oh, man. And now he's on a rise, on the rise, you know, doing his own stuff, too. So that's always exciting, seeing a creator, you know, sprout out and do new things. So, um, yeah, there you go. It's been fun. As always, I, uh, I urge you, Slurds, to support independent comics and Kickstarters. And um, stay safe out there, people, please. Read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. <laughs>